Hello and welcome to the Pursuit in Progress podcast episode 37, where we have honest conversations to help us fall forward. And as we continue with our series of the Purpose Driven Life uh, on to day 13, um, it's talking about a, a worship that pleases God. And it, I think these last last few podcasts have will kind of overlap a lot because um, it's kind of like similar ideas, but just kind of talking about uh, like a different angle of it. And so what it really kind of boils down to is kind of knowing the importance of doing something with a genuine heart. And, and it's something that, you know, we, we realize, you know, in, in people, um, you know, when someone's making you know, a presentation of some sort, or they're doing the job or carrying out, you know, a particular role of their, of their work, they, you can, you can tell, you know, I think I talked about this before of, you know, knowing who's really like whose heart is actually in it versus like whose heart is not in it. And, you know, people who, yeah, maybe you've had a teacher who just did not want to be there and you just kind of feel that kind of energy and that vibe, you know, like I had to teach, like I had a teacher back in I think primary school, like doing commerce who just, I don't know, just put on an overhead and just, you know, <laughs> those overhead projectors and just made us just copy out textbook notes like literally just put on uh, like a whole blank you know a whole blob of text on on the whiteboard and just got us to write it word for word and I don't know just looking back it's just like wow <laughs> can't believe that was actually a lesson and you know that actually happened and we didn't you know complain as much as we probably should have but it's just like yeah like she just really didn't want to be there and and, you know, where you have you know, other teachers that are so passionate about a particular topic, like, you know, maybe you've heard of, you know, Eddie Wu um, on YouTube, who's you know, just this really passionate and really creative teacher of, you know, mathematics. And you just see his love and his passion and his enjoyment and, you know, in being able to teach and to kind of, um, you know, help students like understand and, and get certain concepts that are quite difficult to kind of wrap your head around and for him to be able to translate that and, you know, to see the joy that he has in, in to be able to, you know, have someone learn something that's quite complicated to start with. There's, there's such, you know, there's such a kind of big difference, like kind of those unseen differences. Um, sorry, a bit sniffly, but, um, yeah, like you see that kind of, yeah, like that difference and like you're kind of more, more naturally drawn towards like teachers or, or people that are really passionate about the certain things. And, and I know it creates a culture of like, hey, like you should, you know, pursue your passions and, and whatnot. And, and it's hard to, yeah, like passion and finding that is, is a whole nother kind of podcast in itself or just hours and hours and lectures and you know, a lot of people have different opinions about it and, and like, how do you find it and, and things like that. But, um, yeah, it, it is interesting because you don't, I don't know. It's like, I don't know whether you're born with a particular passion, like, you know, it's kind of, I don't know, like predestined for you. Um, but whether you do need to just kind of, you know, try it out you know, test different things and kind of do a trial and error kind of thing. Or, you know, if you're lucky, you just know from a young age that you're going to do a certain thing. And that's um, like, you, you hear about people like that who just know that they're going to be, you know, a musician or they know they're going to be 
like a great mass genius or, or whatnot. And like, it's not going to be the story for everyone. And, and so it's, it's hard to kind of have this blanket thing of like, you should always pursue your passion. And otherwise you just, I don't know if you find yourself that's in something that's not as, that you don't find that enjoyable, but like passion's not about enjoying, enjoying it. Um, and, and yeah, like you might just be kind of left empty, empty and kind of frustrated and always on the search for something else, even though you've got something good, um, like right in front of you, you might just, yeah, be kind of selling yourself short, um, you know, in where you are. Um, but the whole, but the whole thing about having a genuine heart in, in all the different areas of your life is just like, if you, you know, if you fully believe in it, if you fully kind of um, are invested in a particular thing, you usually see great <laughs> results. Um, you know, when it comes to say, you know, something that we all want to talk about, like relationships, like you want to, like, you know, like you will have a sense when, you know, one, one person or the other person, you know, isn't as fully genuinely kind of invested in that relationship. You know, they're, they're going to start acting cold. They're going to start, you know, not, you know, like engaging as much, um, into the relationship and, and caring for, you know, those little things and, and whatnot. And, and it starts to show and those cracks kind of get bigger and bigger, you know, the more they kind of not care. And, you know, that's, you know, as, as beautiful and as glorious as, you know, marriage was designed to be, you know, it's been probably like really, um, yeah, kind of like diminished in, in terms of meaning and, and value by society and, and things like that, where, you know, um, yeah, it's just rampant with like divorces and just kind of lawsuits and really, yeah, like it kind of fractures relationships further. But I think the original design for marriage and, and the values you, you take to the other person, just like, hey, I'm now I'm investing my whole life into you. Like, this is my heart. Here it is, um, you know, to, to love and to hold to in sickness and in health for better or worse or richer or poorer. Like, it's kind of this this like commitment and of, of the heart to, to be there for these, like the rest of their life. And that's, that's meant to be this like beautiful, like ultimate showing of commitment and, and love and heart for, for another person. And it's something, yeah, like to be celebrated. And, you know, there are marriages where, you know, you have, you know, the, the minister like talk to, uh, the congregation of the people that are present to say, Hey, like, will you help these people like commit to each other really strongly? Like, you know, be as strong as ever. Um, and yeah, like it happens at some point and you, you know, you say I do and as well, like we will. And, you know, like I, we don't really hold that because, you know, cause we're human and, you know, we're, we're not, <laughs> we're not perfect. And like, it's, it's hard to, yeah, because we're so limited in, in terms of emotional capacity and physical capacity to be able to invest in other people. Um, I think, yeah, it's a hard thing to ask, you know, hundreds of people to invest that kind of commitment to help them help the married couple invest like so strongly. And yeah, that's why, you know, some people can be quite lonely in, in marriages and, and yeah, like 
the more you think about marriage, it's just kind of like, wow, it really isn't like as beautiful as amazing as yeah, it would be. But it's just kind of like, it really doesn't, hasn't really cracked up to, to what it's been designed to like fully represent. And, um, but yeah, but it's just kind of our means of the fancy word, like sanctification and, and kind of really understanding what, you know, God has done for us through Jesus and, you know, like we are Jesus, a bride kind of thing and having that kind of analogy worked into us and yeah, for us to kind of understand it. Um, yeah, like on a human level and we can connect with that as well. And so, um, and so it's, so this day's reflection, day 13's reflection is, is more about just kind of yeah, like where your heart is really at when it comes to, you know, worship of God. In the previous podcast, we talked about what worship is. It's not just, you know, the music that, you know, people, um, you know, sing in church and all the, you know, Christian songs and whatnot, because it's like singing is just one part of it, even though it's called worship music. Um, but it's just, you know, living out your whole life um, in a way that glorifies God or brings people to notice um God's God's glory and and who he is but like I think for people to notice like it really does need to be um yeah this kind of genuine heart towards worship and and it and it's super easy to to spot people who are just kind of really half-hearted or really kind of you know doing it for show kind of thing and like it is disheartening and it doesn't, you know, do God the service and, you know, people want to latch onto that and use it as, you know, look at this hypocrisy, like this Christian thing obviously isn't, you know, working or isn't like, <laughs> um, you know, up to scratch in, in terms of, you know, complete truth or, or whatnot, because, you know, people would be much better, but, um, but, you know, it's no no religious system, no other religious system is going to be perfect either, but it's just kind of like, it's about our, our perfect God and, and, and what Jesus has done for us. It's not about the humans. So, um, like if you're a non, non-Christian listening to this, like don't let Christians put you off, you know, your investigation of, of Christianity and, and who God is and, and whatnot. But, um, but yeah, as I carry on into, you know, what, uh, the reflections talking through is, you know, uh, what pleases God is, oh, it goes through a few points. So I'll kind of go through them. And so the first one is, you know, God is pleased when our worship is accurate. And so, yeah, this is really interesting and <laughs> fun to talk about because a lot of people have different ideas of, of who God is, you know, uh, there's so many to, <laughs> there's so many that kind of j- jump to mind of like, you know, God is, you know, this, this, this being that just kind of created the world and just left us to our, you know, own devices. Um, like, yeah, <laughs> like, you know, that's why wars is happening and it, it feels like God's not even there. Um, God's just kind of turned his back and, you know, what, what not. And, you know, people are just like, oh, you know, God's just, God, he's just kind of there. Like he's not really engaged with us, but, you know, you know, the world keeps shining, <laughs> the sun keeps shining, but oh well, cool. And, you know, people find God in, in nature and, and whatnot. And, you know, this whole like mother nature thing. And it's like, yeah, there's all these different ways of, 
um, seeing God or, you know, a really common one is, oh, God is all loving. It's all about love and, and goodness and, you know, lollipops and, and butterflies. And, you know, he can't, you know, ever have any sort of evil or, or you know, judgment or want anyone to go to hell. He'll save everyone. You know what? Like, you know, <laughs> you know, sleep with whoever you want and, you know, marry whoever you want. And, you know, he doesn't really care about, he doesn't really mind about this, you know, gay marriage thing. Like he loves everyone. He accepts everyone. Um, and, you know, that is a held position by, by, you know, some people, um, who do identify as Christians and, but it's just kind of like, well, that's okay. Like, what does the Bible actually say about God? And, uh, I think it's pretty clear what <laughs> his stance is on, on certain things that, you know, modern society has kind of twisted, um, to be like, no, God is for this, where it's pretty clear that God is pretty much against, um, these sorts of things. And, and so, so yeah, there's, um, it really needs to come back to, yeah, like God's truth in, in scripture, in the Bible, and it's really accessible. And, and that's, you know, that's where the truth will come from. And, and it's God's word himself. So like, yeah, don't let Christians put you off. Don't let kind of people's ideas or the media's represent, representation of it. Like the Bible was there, like un, unchanged um, so to speak. Um, and it's there, you know, to be read and, and investigated and, and tested against different sources and, and whatnot. And so, yeah, moving along, the second one, uh, says that, you know, God is pleased when our worship is authentic. Um, and you know, it's, yeah, like, yeah, like I, I have like little memories of me talking about this in the last podcast about, you know, people who go to church who just, just yelling at, you know, each other as a family and just really, you know, just bickering and, and fighting on the way to church. And then when they come to church, it's just kind of like happy days and nothing's really wrong and everything's well. Um, it also comes to, you know, like how you present yourself to, to people, um, you know, you like generally like people hate people that are two faced, right? You know, they're really kind to one person or like, you know, a group of people. And then when they're with another, another group of people, they're just this, you know, totally different person. And it's not, you know, you know, there's a whole like DC villain called two face and, <laughs> you know, to decide everything on, on chance and a flip of a coin. But um, it's, you know, it's not something that we, we value as a society. And I don't know, it, it's, I don't know, it's something about our nature that we want to, we want to lie. We want to kind of put this image out there that, you know, we're doing all right and we're doing well, even though, yeah, I don't like, we're just scared of being vulnerable and being open and honest about like, Hey, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm, like I'm struggling with this marriage. I'm struggling with work. I'm struggling with gossip at the workplace. I'm, you know, I'm struggling with, you know, friends and, and the drama and fallout and other relationships. Um, but just, I don't know. It's, maybe it's just this need 
because you know it's not something that society values this vulnerability and, and weakness which can be seen as weakness and it's definitely something that you know if you show this vulnerability like like who's gonna hire you or if you show this vulnerability like who's gonna want to you know go out with you who wants to like you know bear your emotional burdens all the time and um who wants to <laughs> yeah you know you know, be with someone who can't, you know, be strong and, and independent and, um, you know, you don't want to be this like clingy and kind of needy dependent person. Um, you know, there, is, you know, there is an aspect of like, Hey, you need to build your emotional maturity and, and grow up and face things and things like that. But life can be tough. And it's in those times you need help. And like, I was, I was definitely in that place where, you know, I was in, yeah, in a really crappy place and I was just out reaching out to people for help and they were just like, no, like, what are you doing? I don't want to help you. I'm uncomfortable helping you. And and it, it's an icky feeling and, and it definitely kind of, yeah, like wrestles with kind of society standards of, you know, having it together and, um, and, and, you know, if we are honest with ourselves, we don't have it together. And, you know, it's always a sense of, it feels like the grass is greener on the other side. And, but, you know, they're struggling just as much on the other side. And so, you know, it, it is a interesting thing that we've created, you know, for ourselves. And, and so, you know, like God wants us to be authentic with him and, and the way that we, you know, carry life out. Um, and yeah, like, I don't know, like my, this podcast is not going to like change the whole world, but you know, it really all just starts with, you know, just having those honest conversations. Like you don't have to, you know, be in, like be married to someone to be able to open up to them or you don't need to be dating someone to, to be able to be vulnerable and honest, um, with them. Um, you know, hopefully you are able to find people and and friends that you're able to have these honest conversations with. So, you know, you can be real. It is really refreshing to, to be honest and and to be real with your, with your struggles and, and more than likely, like that's going to help them open up to you and, and um, yeah, and kind of discuss these things as well. Um, And like, there's just something that happened when, you know, I was, being an academic tutor, maybe I've talked talked about it before in the very early podcast, but like I was being a tutor and they put on this kind of like panel for you know, the first years of panels of all these exercise physiologists and, and tutors and academics, like they seated us in this whole line and, and they, you know, for, you know, us to talk a little bit about ourselves and our careers and, you know, what paths we took and, you know, talk about research a little bit, but it also gave an opportunity for the first years to ask some questions, um, you know, about, you know, what an EP does and, you know, what the field's like and where the future direction is. And, you know, one of the first years did ask about like, like, how did you like find out that you wanted to be an EP? And I think that was a, you know, <laughs> a strong, a really kind of in the face question and it demanded a bit of honesty as well. And like the first few EPs was just like, you know, like I wanted to help people, I was sporty and blah, blah, blah. And, 
I was just like, okay, like everyone's kind of going, going down that line. And I was just like, oh, I'll just honestly share my story. And so, um, yeah, I just kind of like signaled for my turn to speak. And, and I just, yeah, I was honest with them. It was like, Hey, like I was really lost. I, you know, I set up my, you know, my, um, my subjects in, in high school to be geared towards something math related or something, um, kind of businessy or commerce or an actuary. Cause I was kind of into that kind of math kind of thing. And, you know, two weeks before the deadline, I decided, no, I didn't want that. And, and kind of mixed and matched and, and found myself um, doing AP. And yeah, I told them about like my first year was just miserable of like, I really didn't know what I was doing. Um, Cause I thought I was going to do commerce and, or, you know, accounting and, you know, balance the books and <laughs> calculate people's finances and whatnot. And just, I just, you know, was fully honest with being like, Hey, like I really didn't know what I was doing and, and that's okay. And, and then I think it just felt like the tone changed among the panel. And then people just started saying like, yeah, like I wouldn't like some art APs were just like, yeah, I was doing commerce degree and just hated it. And wanted this change and I felt lost as well. And yeah, people started talking about how lost they were feeling and just, I don't know, not saying like, you know, it's a correlation of just like, I was the one that just opened up the conversation, but it was just kind of nice to, to see that. And I felt like the lot, the first year's got a lot out of that. Um, cause I think I've been to these panels before as a first year. And it, it just felt like, uh, like a bunch of academics that like already knew <laughs> that they wanted to be EPs and, um, a bunch of people that just like, just knew it and just had it together. And, you know, they just became amazing people in their field and, and whatnot. And so it, it was nice. And I think it just comes from someone being able to be vulnerable and to be like, Hey, like I really had no idea. And I, I struggled through, <laughs> through uni and, you know, didn't realize what I was doing and really questioned myself day in and day out about it. And, and yeah, like that just changed the tone. And, and I've, I feel like that's a more kind of meaningful conversation than just like, yeah, this, you know, this career is great. Like this is the best thing ever. Let's just, just do it. And I don't know. I, I definitely need, I definitely think that we need more of this kind of stuff and it, it's not just reserved for, um, you know, people at uni. It is all, all throughout like, you know, primary school and, you know, learning about like friends and peers and understanding what you're there to do. And, and high school, like understanding relationships and understanding like, you know, identity stuff and, you know, taking your time to work that out. And cause there's so much pressure put on, you know, high schoolers, you know, towards the end about career and uni and, and things. And like, I think the thought of taking time to figure out what life is like is, was just unheard of <laughs> in high school. Um, it was just kind of like, you just nail this HSC and you could do whatever you want. <laughs> and, and like, you know, you're bound for something great kind of thing. And like as uplifting as that was, um, it really just didn't help me grow. <laughs> didn't help me like understand why I was, you know, studying and understand why I was choosing to kind of 
you know, work out of particular things. And yeah, like I, it, that kind of system made me kind of work hard without knowing, without fully knowing why. And that didn't set me up well for, for life, I suppose, and didn't set me up well for, for uni. Cause I really struggled with my why of, of studying exercise physiology and yeah, like my grades sucked and, <laughs> and I, I just didn't do well. And you know, I was constantly questioning it. And so, yeah, so I know that's a big tangent, but it's just kind of like, yeah, when you understand when there's genuine heart in it, um, you can see, you know, things come together a bit nicer and, um, you know, yeah, when you find yourself kind of questioning or you're very half-hearted, you know, doing something like those cracks will be exposed and, um, like you can keep it up for a long time, but you know, in the end, like you're a human and you'll slip up and, and you know, these, these cracks will get bigger and they won't be able to be, you know, duct taped or WD 40 <laughs> or, you know, the band-aids won't kind of hold together anymore. And so, I think it's just this lesson of being just authentic and, and vulnerable and genuine. And like, it is hard uh, to do that. And especially if you've been hurt by people or you just have this fear and anxiety, you know, in sharing with other people because maybe it's hurt you before or, you know, people have betrayed you, um, you know, by it. And, and, and so, you know, but you have a God that listens and is perfect and is full of love and, like his character is love and like he's gracious and looks on you with, you know, compassion and as his own child. And so if you don't have anyone to be authentic and genuine to like, you know, I, I get that feeling, you know, God's there, like ready to listen. And, you know, in the Bible, it talks, it tells you to cast all your anxieties on him because he loves you and uh, because he cares for you. And so, I think it's just a really great lesson to, to have. And, you know, as you kind of cast all your anxieties in him, it kind of relieves your heart and unburdens your heart a bit. And then it helps you kind of not be as tentative and not be as vigilant um, in regards to kind of sharing and being authentic and, and, and being, having, being able to have these kind of real conversations as well. Um, you know, with people and, and you'll find that it's a lot more kind of fulfilling, um, having those conversations and instead of just, you know, Hey, how's your weekend? Like, you know, how, you know, (laughs) like, (laughs) did you go out? Did you party? Who'd you see? But it's just kind of like, Hey man, I'm really struggling with this, you know, pandemic and really struggling with work. Um, Hey, like, how can I help you? Like what's, you know, what's been bothering you the most and, you know, what are some things we can do to help make things easier? And like, that's such more uplifting and encouraging conversation to have with someone than be like, oh yeah, <laughs> another week. Cool. <laughs> um, you can kind of tell that that's, that's kind of me. Um, and, and yeah, and it's important not to, judge someone when they're, you know, taking that step out to, to be authentic. And, um, and so the, you know, the book also goes through like, you know, there's a lot of different ways that people like to kind of, 
what do you call it? Like kind of experience God or kind of express their authenticity or their genuine heart of worship towards God. And, and you'll see it, I suppose. And you can kind of translate it into life. And like, it's a similar thing of like, uh, people's love languages, I suppose, you know, the whole physical touch and quality time, acts of service, words of affirmation and gifts. And like, it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of fascinating. People are so different, uh, in regards to, you know, feeling love, like giving and receiving love. And the same thing with, you know, how people relate to God, you know, people are, people, yeah, like you can get the sense of God through, I'll go through them. So the first one's naturalist and people do find a sense of awe and grandeur and, and a sense of God in, in nature when you realize how big it is in an expanse of it. Um, you know, when you look at like the ocean and how, how wide the expanse is and, you know, when you go through, you know, that space exploration kind of thing and you, and you, you have that kind of, you know, that kind of zooming out kind of picture of, you know, all the, all the planets and how big the Milky Way is and what a Milky Way is in amongst, you know, a host of other galaxies and, and you just realize how small we are and how big the whole creation is and how big the universe is. And, and, for, you know, for some people like going through that, it's just kind of like, wow, like that, that's definitely God, um, that's created that and sustains that. And, you know, if it's just all random, like it's, it's just hard to think that random would mean you know, we orbit just the perfect distance away from the sun, not to burn to death or to freeze to death. Um, and, and yeah, like, and just things just kind of orbit nicely and, and we have even days. Um, it's not really random at all. Um, so that's the first one, naturalist. And second one's like sensates, sensationalists, um, who, you know, like, to experience God through like sensations and appreciate, you know, the taste and, you know, the taste, smell, touch, sight, and not just ears. And yeah, like that's their form of worship and that feeling from, you know, connecting with God, you see this from like Hillsong and, and things like that, where people like to just experience this kind of connection with God through song or through meaningful prayer or just being in a large crowd full of people, um, just to have that awe and just for them to, yeah, to be like, this is so like, God is so present kind of thing. And then there's third, there's the traditionalists, which is, you know, talking about, you know, all this ritual stuff, symbols and unchanging structures. So, you know, going, going to church, like reading the Bible, going through Lord's Supper and, um, and baptisms and things like that uh, as a way of just like keeping it true to, you know, the history of it. Cause these rites and these rituals, I suppose, you know, were stuff that was done in the biblical times and, and in the early churches. And so it is something to, yeah, that traditional lists will look towards. And, you know, there's aesthetics as well. Um, people just love God by themselves and, 
and keep life simple um, in regards to it. You don't want to complicate it with, you know, all these bells and whistles and, and things like that. And just a simple, like, focused love of God. Um, we don't try to add too many things to it. There are those that are activists that they want to, you know, on, you know, knowing God is a God of love and God of justice. They want to be in those places of injustice to bring justice and to, you know, shine God's light in particular areas. And that's how they kind of experience God and, you know, feel this genuine connection with God and, and their heart of worship is through uh, doing things like that. Um, there's caregivers, so people who, yeah, want to be there to feed feed the homeless and look after the sick and, you know, love other people and just be this person that is so giving uh, to those in need and, you know, because of what God's done for them, like that's their uh, response in worship. Uh, there's enthusiasts, um, people like to just celebrate God, put, you know, just dance away and just really feel the kind of euphoria and the joy of, of being known by God. And, and it's really good, good times, I suppose. And contemplators, people love God through just adoration and just kind of, and the little things just be like, wow, God, like, thank you. This is amazing. Um, and then there's intellectuals who love God by kind of, um, stimulating the mind and, you know, thinking through philosophies and thinking through, you know, you know why God makes sense in, in this whole world. And, um, yeah, like there's so many books on kind of intellectual, um, kind of connection with God and, you know, reasons for God by Tim Keller is just this dense read of like all this like science and kind of these structures and systems to be like, all of it kind of points to God. Um, and it's a fascinating read. And you know, when you can get able to engage someone intellectually about God, it, yeah, it, it is just this uh, wonderful thing to, to be able to, you know, show someone through intellect that, you know, the God is, God is alive and Jesus is real and Jesus is alive and, you know, the scriptures are real and yeah, like that's, um, there's so many books on it and, you know, John C. Lennox is, is great, um, just a great mind in, in those debates and has write heaps of books about, you know, the science and, and God that kind of debate and things like that. Um, and so, yeah, the, you know, people have all different ways of drawing to God. And so, um, yeah, so not as not to like judge it, judge other people because it's not like, you know, your type of, um, way of doing things. Um, and so that's like another, I don't know, <laughs> talking itself. Um, and so, yeah, third point of the book, um, is, you know, God is pleased when our worship is thoughtful. Um, and you know, we, we do get bored of routine. <laughs> um, when, when you do something over and over again, it becomes, it will lose its kind of buzz. It will lose its kind of, you know, kind of novelty, I suppose, and it might get kind of bored of it. And, you know, oh, I hate talking about relationships, but, you know, 
when you want to demonstrate that you love you know your partner your your girlfriend your boyfriend and like you don't want to do it in just one particular way and that way only um say it's just like buying buying them a coffee or something like you don't want to just turn up every day just buying coffee and and nothing else um like as nice as that coffee might be in the morning um there are so many more possible ways to to show and express love that um you know ones that your partner might you know expect or not expect that will really kind of um, turn their heart on, uh, really engage their, their hearts. Um, and it's just, you know, a little like text message before I go to bed or, you know, flowers, giving them flowers randomly and, you know, giving them a little surprise party or surprise road trip or, or whatnot. I don't know. I'm hopeless romantic, but, but you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, but when it relates to God, it's just kind of like, well, you know, we don't want to be stagnant in, in worshiping God, like in just the same way, in the same particular way. Um, although, you know, sometimes church services feel like the same and, you know, it feels like it's just this, just this structure of, you know, this intro and prayer and, and singing and then Bible reading and then the talk and then go out and, you know, have your supper and, and chat to the people around you. And, and so, yeah, like mix it up, like, you know, find ways to do things differently, be creative with it, I think. And if it engages, you know, some people differently, um, you know, maybe it just gets their attention a bit longer than, than usual. And they, you know, they hear something important that they really needed to hear at a particular point of their life. And, and it's because, you know, you did something differently or just kind of brought more attention to it. I think God will be pleased and God will be glorified in, in that moment uh, as well. And so last one is, you know, God is pleased when our worship is practical. And so, yeah, this whole thing about you know, you're, you're to, um, you know, offer your body as bodies as living sacrifices to God because this is uh, you know it's good and, and pleasing to him you know it's yeah like this is it's the whole thing about like lip service and, and it's so easy to build yourself up through through words of course and and you know it can artificially kind of inflate your ego and you know because people aren't really gonna question it on a, on a group stage, um, in a group stage, <laughs> it's not a soccer competition. Um, it's <laughs> like when you're talking to like, you know, a big group and like, no one's going to like openly confront you and be like, Hey, when you said this, I don't think that's true. Um, and, and yeah, so it's just kind of like, be real with the things you, say and the things you set out to do and, and be real with, um, yeah, like when you're actually struggling, don't lie about it. Don't say like things are fine when they're clearly not. I know it's like that classic, you know, girl thing. Oh, I can't say it's a girl thing, but just like, you know, when they say that they're, they're fine and they say it in such a like sharp and <laughs> sharp and, 
a really sharp tone and you're like, nothing, it's not like, you're not fine. Like, just tell me it's like, no, it's fine. And then, and then you know, it turns like, all right, <laughs> nothing's, <laughs> nothing's fine. Um, and I don't know, like, as you get to know someone, it, yeah, as you can, you, you just know, you just kind of spot it a bit, um, a bit easier. Um, and just, yeah, just be practical about it. And, you know, if you, if you say like, you know, people who love God need to, you know, serve those that are less fortunate, then like, you know, back that up (laughs) and, you know, saying you're going to live for God is going to, you know, come at a cost and, um, and in one way it's going to cost us our self-centeredness and, you know, we want to spend our money on ourselves and make us better and get nicer clothes and be in a better position in life. But like, yeah, the call is to love our neighbor as ourselves, you know, after you've, you know, after loving God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Yeah, the other, the next commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself, and you know, loving others you know, requires a cost. Um, you know, God loving us, you know, cost us the life of His Son, um, and so like, yeah, like you know, it will take you know not focusing on ourselves and we'll take that kind of effort to think about how, you know, how would, you know, this person really benefit from, you know, my act of love today kind of thing. And, and yeah, like, so I think it's just this whole, all around, like, you know, see where your heart is, see where, you, you know, how it is when it comes to, yeah, things you do relating to God and things you do relating to, to work, to study, your friends, your family, through all aspects of life, you know, as you offer your bodies as living sacrifices, it's, you know, it's a bit of a check of all areas of your life and don't just kind of limit it to, you know, if you're a Christian and go to church on Sunday, don't just limit it to, you know, really examining closely you know what you're like on a Sunday but you know from every day every waking minute and hour um you know and really check where your heart's at you know there are times where you work and you just don't feel like it and you know it and it shows and um you know this is something that I'm struggling with you know I've been able to start this kind of new new job at the moment and yeah there's just days where I just don't feel like it and and, you know, sometimes it does and you just want to, you know, call, call in sick and whatnot. But it's just these days where you just be like, okay, this is, yeah, like the space that I'm in to be able to like, you know, help people, you know, maintain their exercise and manage their condition is, is wonderful. And it's something that they, um, they desire and it is of benefit to them. So, you know don't hit that snooze button, get up and, you know, get ready to be able to deliver this thing for them. Um, you know, as, and yeah, like just recently, just being able to have a bit of routine has has been really nice. Um, just to, yeah, just for mental, mental health and just to 
kind of get back to kind of normal health after kind of COVID and isolation and lockdown has just really taken it out of me. And so it's been, it's been good. It's been, it's been wonderful. And so, so yeah, so that's kind of the reflection for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you made it this far, sorry about all the kind of like background noise and all the, my sniffling as well. And hopefully this has been a bit less kind of like airy fairy, um, and kind of me being so like tired and, um, and just kind of talking in circles, hopefully, hopefully. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening. Um, again, appreciate every one of you, um, that tunes in and yeah, kind of is willing to share this journey with me. Um, hope your journey, um, of life is going well as well. Um, until then I'll see you in the next podcast. Love and peace to you all. Uh, bye for now.